whether it's in person or virtual, the SKO is a key moment in time that should be directly linked to the strategic priorities of the company. You're listening to the Audible Ready Podcast, the show that helps you and your teams sell more faster. We'll feature sales leaders sharing their best insights on how to create a sales engine that helps you fuel repeatable revenue growth. Presented by the team at Force Management, a leader in B2B sales effectiveness. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Audible Ready Podcast. I'm Rachel Klepp-Miller and today we are talking about sales kickoffs. John Kaplan joins me to discuss how next year's SKO may look a little different and what best-in-class sales organizations should focus on for next year. Hey, John, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Rach. Good, good. So we talk about SKOs every year. We start planning our content around this time, late spring, early summer. And there's no doubt that next year's SKO will be different for a lot of companies. I know that we've talked to many sales leaders who are wondering, should they move forward with an SKO, hold off on planning, substitute the traditional event for some sort of a virtual sales initiative, maybe a hybrid SKO. There's a lot of decisions to be made. If you were in charge of making that decision, what do you think you would be looking at, John? Yeah, you know, I I know there's a lot of sales leaders out there that are trying to determine what to do and they're weighing their options when it comes to shifting to a virtual sales training engagement versus waiting to do an in-person event. And, you know, I don't think anybody can predict the future on this topic, but, you know, it's nice to know that you have great options. So like always, you should be weighing the goals of the sales organization you know, what they need to do in the next year and how they're going to do it versus the urgency. And normally when that urgency is weighed against the goals, urgency wins. And so I think it's really kind of focusing on the how and the how will lead you to building these sales initiatives and that builds cross-functional alignment and allow you to execute something that's of really, really high value from a sales perspective. So I think that's the big topic for you and I today is figuring out the how. I think the the urgency around when is really kind of settling itself in the marketplace today. So let's right. talk a little bit more as we go through this today about how to do it. The how is critically important. You know that you you're right, John, you know that you want to bring people together, but how should you do it? What's the best way? How are you best going to align with the organizational growth goals that your company has put forth? And we know before we get into that, how that there is though a little bit of urgency for some companies out there. Waiting is not an option. We talked to companies at the beginning of this pandemic that couldn't wait. Like they could not wait. They had to go forward. And even I know that you've had sales leaders call you that have said they couldn't believe they had considered waiting to bring their teams together and are so glad that they moved forward virtually. And there are some benefits to going virtual. So before we get into the how, let's talk a little bit about what it looks like virtually and why it might have some benefits for your organization. I think you're right on the, you know, the urgency piece. I think that People are just kind of screaming for relationships right now. They're screaming to be connected. They're screaming for 
needs that they have to be better effective in the field. And as a sales leader, I think just do like you always do, focus on your outcomes and then structure training or training sessions around that. We're hearing a lot of great anecdotes right now from people that have done virtual instructor-led deliveries. You know, some of the big things that people haven't been contemplating, it seems so obvious, but you know, the travel and entertainment savings is a huge one. It's obvious to the, you know, to the economic buyers and to the CFOs of organizations, but a lot of our friends in the CRO ranks, this has been a big area of opportunity. You know, the amount of money that is saved on travel and, and entertainment, you know, sellers not being out of the field, meaning that they can make an, a more immediate impact on revenue and, and numbers by applying what they learn more quickly. And another thing is, you know, we're hearing that you can spend, you know, more time on critical concepts being taught rather than trying to, you know, pack all of these critical concepts into a three-day window. And so managers can also be more easily trained well before an event because you're not having to do it when everyone travels for the SKO. And that allows them to get mastery in the concepts, helps them drive reinforcement and then maintaining you know, lasting results after the event. So regardless of the current state, Elite companies should always plan their SKO around a broader sales strategy if they want to get an ROI from the event and make a lasting impact on sales performance for the upcoming year. So whether it's in-person or virtual, the SKO is a key moment in time that should be directly linked to the strategic priorities of the company. This connection then will ensure that whatever event you do, whatever discussions you have, they'll be around activities and outcomes that are connected to the sales organization's important sales initiatives. And that's the key. Right. It really is. And, and we've been saying that for, for years when companies come to us and say, oh, we want you for a keynote at our SKO, or can you do something with our SKO? Our first question is, what are you trying to do as a sales organization? And how can you use this time when you bring everybody together to align to the goals of the year? That's always been the game plan, even when you're flying, to, whether you're flying to Vegas or Orlando or not, right? <laughs> that, that has been the game plan. And I was uh, talking to Brian Walsh about this the other day, one of our other facilitators, for those of you who don't know him, and he, I was asking him some questions and he stopped and corrected me. He was saying, you know, in-person or virtual still is live, right? Live is live. You're, you're not having somebody watch a video online or like that could be remote training. But what we're talking about here is taking that initiative that you want to execute as part of an SKO that's aligned to a, bra a greater corporate strategy and how you're going to execute that in a live environment. You might not be able to do it in person this year, but you can still do it in a virtual environment in a live way. So I think a, a good shift here, John, given the current environment, is to talk about some different ways that we know companies are moving forward with a virtual event, still live, hybrid training, aligning their SKO into um, the broader organizational strategy. First one, we always see this, is getting your sales organization aligned on the conversations that they're having with the buyer. Yeah, you know, the big 
thing for sure is that in this changing environment, your buyer's challenges have changed. I haven't met a company yet that I've been speaking to that their buyers have not shifted in some way, their needs, their desires, their complications, whatever it is, the buyer's focus has changed. And so your sales teams are trying to do the best they can do to you know, find the new buyer challenges and align the value of your solutions to them. And, you know, the challenges come up for the sellers, you know, when the numbers are behind that value message often turns to shortcuts in the conversation, product selling and discounting. So more often than not, these conversation shortcuts result in low margin deals. And then your company will have to, you know, deal with these contracts for the long term. So the only way to ensure your salespeople can execute a value-based conversation is to ensure your entire company is buyer-focused. And that's so critical right now that you have to, now more than ever, you have to be focused on the buyer. You have to be focused because they are shifting, they are changing, they are struggling, and your value proposition just inherently is going to change. If it doesn't, then you're going to be misaligned. So a great opportunity is to use your SKO to train your sales teams on new buyer focused positioning so they can improve pipeline, move deals forward and, you know, negotiate for a premium instead of a discount. Right. All, all great outcomes we're all trying to drive out there in our in our sales organizations. And we do a lot of sales kickoffs that are aligned to command of the message, the sales message type of initiative. I'll also tell everyone listening to check out our podcast on aligning with the buyer. We recorded a podcast about aligning to your buyer's shifting needs. We'll also attach other resources we have on how sales organizations can improve their messaging to better align with buyers' evolving needs. Shifting now to another one we see people moving forward with frequently this time of year as they're planning for an SKO type event, deal qualification. A lot of people have this pain point. Yeah, these are really good table stakes you're bringing up, Rachel, from sales messaging to now deal qualification. So now more than ever, we need to be voracious qualifiers. So sales qualification is key to accurately and effectively closing revenue. So some of the common challenges and qualification that we're seeing are, you know, right now, there's a lot of reps out there that are getting stuck in deals that are just taking too long, you know, which is causing low forecast accuracy and lower win rates and margins and heavy discounting. So there's also not enough time being spent on uncovering new opportunities and building pipelines. So all those add up to qualification problems in the organization. And again, you don't have time to wait. So if you're getting kind of a stomach ache listening to me and you're also having a conversation about when to do an SKO, do we wait, do we not do an SKO or whatever you decide to do, don't wait to do it. Because I think these deals are real right now and they're just getting you know, magnified. So every deal in your pipeline is at risk when you have sellers who can't qualify correctly and managers who don't hold them accountable. So the organizations that make their teams voracious qualifiers will be the fastest to recover when these in these economic challenging times. So, you know, aligning your sales kickoff with a new qualification process can give you your sales organization the tools it needs to be effectively 
closing and moving deals through the pipeline. And you can use your SKO to implement a customized sales qualification process that enables your reps to qualify opportunities faster, improve forecast accuracy, and increase win rates. Right. We always say, and like you said, voracious qualification is the key to maintaining a healthy pipeline. And when we look at our forecast, we want to know that those deals are real, especially in this environment. I just recorded a podcast. I mentioned Brian, but he and I just did a podcast on how to make medic work for your organization. Many of you know medic, very popular qualification methodology. A lot of organizations use. We always say the the power of medic is it's so simple to remember but it has a lot of depth when it's especially when it's uh, customized for your organization so be sure to check those out in the show notes as well got lots of stuff in the show notes for people out there today john Awesome. awesome. <laughs> um, so the last area of focus is negotiation. One thing um, you've mentioned a lot is stop the discounting. We need to stop the discounting. And if you are getting too many discounts across your desk asking for approval, those often are tied to qualification. It's tied to messaging. It's creating, capturing value, but also it's tied to negotiation. And we often say the best sales organizations make negotiation a process and not an event. I love that saying, make it a process, not an event. It's related to everything we've talked about today, Rachel. So positioning value is a process, not an event. Qualification is a process, not an event. And now this topic, this third topic we're bringing up now, negotiations is a process and not an event. So, you know, when sales teams are able to instill value in their opportunities early and often, they can preserve margins, even during a pandemic. So this fact is why we refer to the sales negotiation process as an organizational competency, not a skill. And a lot of times I like to ask leaders, can you say for certain that your sales organization has this competency? So that's a rhetorical right now, but it's (laughs) for many of us, it just really, it really kind of hurts the stomach. So one way you can tell is when your sales reps close deals at high margin, do they know how to repeat their performance and achieve the same results in their other opportunities? So again, you can use your SKO to operationalize a value-based negotiation process that enables your sales teams to close every opportunity at a high value repeatedly. When you're fighting to close every opportunity, it's critical you get your organization aligned around what a good deal looks like for your organization. Are you confident you have a widely accepted formal definition of what determines a great deal for your company? It's time to get there. And an SKO is a great way to do it. Yeah, I think I'll also mention that we have a ton of negotiation resources that I'm going to link. I just recorded a podcast with Tim Cato, who's sort of our in-house negotiation expert. He's so good on this idea of making negotiation a process and not an event and helping organizations move that forward. We did a podcast where I just asked him all of our frequently asked questions we get from customers around negotiation. He just went through them. It's really, really good information. Go ahead and check that out in the resource section. As Companies consider virtual sales transformation initiatives, SKO, hybrid events. 
their sales teams and your, the managers are going to be wondering, what am I going to get from this type of event? How is this going to work? Usually we go to Vegas and have a big blowout. Is this going to be valuable, interactive, engaging? Do I have to sit on another Zoom call? Zoom call? And we've been talking a lot today about what the company is going to get out of putting some energy around doing a great live virtual event. But it's really important for sales leaders out there to really think of, as you say, John, the end user. What is that salesperson going to get from sitting in front of that computer in a virtual setting? Yeah. So the good news is, because I have a lot of conversations with leaders about this right now, there are many of them, and, and we all want to be with each other. We all, you know, we were designed as human beings to to build relationships and to nurture those relationships and to invest in those relationships when you really think about it the big feedback that i'm hearing is most people are just afraid that those are at risk as we move to these virtual environments and so i think it's not whether or not the world is going to become virtual versus in person it's just where we are today and where we are going to be for probably a, a little while to come is in this environment of, you know, like Brian Walsh said, these virtual live environments or instructor-led virtual environments. So here's the good news. I just want to give you some spirit. We've all been presented with change. Whether we wanted to or not, we've had to change. And I just want to commend the people listening that, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're keeping up with these podcasts, you're, you've already changed and you've changed greatly this year. So it's becoming the norm. So change is becoming the norm. So introducing change, I'm just trying to give the leaders some spirit here. So introducing change is probably not going to be as big as you think it is in most cases. A lot, lot of people like to fly everybody to Vegas or fly everybody to Europe or fly everybody wherever they're in. And we might not have the opportunity to do that. Let me give you a little, a little spirit. We just finished an engagement with a client and coming to a theater near you, we're going to do a testimony on them. It'll be awesome. And then when you see it, you'll know exactly what I'm referencing. But they were a five-time buyer of our services the economic buyer and the champion were five-time buyers of our services at different companies before. And they were pretty adamant about waiting and getting people together when the time was right. And, and they were concerned about a virtual environment versus an instructor-led in-person environment. And the, the feedback that we received was fantastic and and the you know basically that the experience for them and the end users was the best that they've ever had and let me tell you some specifics that they mentioned there was more time to prep there was more time to be used for application of the learning instead of teaching of the learning it was more about application of the learning. And in the upfront preparation was where the, was where the teaching happened. And oddly enough, the feedback was that this was a more intimate delivery between instructors and groups and individuals. Because one of the things that we do, Rachel, and it's not so much talking about what we do and how we do it, we can do that at a later time, but we're very careful in these 
virtual instructor-led environments that we have the ability using the technologies and the delivery capabilities of technologies like Zoom and those types of things to be able to group people in smaller groups. Right. They'll have big total numbers of people to be uh, learning, you know, the, the concepts in general together. But then a lot of the learning is kind of like in these micro groups. And that was great feedback for us, that that's where a lot of the intimacy and the relationships were still able to be had. So I am very, very bullish. I am very, very pleased. And the feedback that we're getting, and again, if you're a leader out there, I think that you don't have the opportunity to wait. I'm not telling you don't do in-person or do virtual or what have you, but do not wait for some of these critical concepts that we're talking about because your people are really, really in need right now. Yeah, it's a it's a great time because of the shifting environment. People are open to change to find a way and take advantage of the opportunity, as you said, to find way to, ways to invest in your salespeople's success moving forward around a broader strategy. And we all probably have retooled strategies given the environment and moving forward with a live event virtually or something is, is a great way to rally your troops around executing in the in the next quarters in the next year so john give us the bottom line as we wrap here yeah so i don't think waiting appears to be a common strategy i think it's pretty urgent right now your people need development i would stick to your guns and stick to investing in sales initiatives investing in things around alignment don't look just to improve niche skill sets, look to do things that can move the needle as you always have done in the past, whether or not it's virtual or whether or not it's in-person, whether it's virtual instructor-led, I think the good news is you have options and I think your people are more ready for the change than you probably are giving them credit for. So onward and upward, and we stand ready at force management. We're having a blast right now. We had to pivot massively uh, our business into this virtual environment, but I've never been more proud of force management and our solutions than I am today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll, we'll leave it at that. I'll also say, John, you know, it's all about the outcomes. And when you focus on creating an, an event or a training or some sort of a solution for your organization, that is a clear path to getting your outcomes, it will be successful. So thank you. Thank you for joining me for this conversation today, John. Pleasure, it was a blast. Thank you to all of you for listening. Be sure to check out the plethora of resources I've put in the show notes. And thank you for listening to the Audible Ready Podcast. At Force Management, we're focused on transforming sales organizations into elite teams. Our proven methodologies deliver programs that build company alignment and fuel repeatable revenue growth. Give your teams the ability to execute the growth strategy at the point of sale. Our strength is our experience. The proof is in our results. Let's get started. Visit us at forcemanagement.com. You've been listening to the Audible Ready Podcast. To not miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Until next time.